Welcome to More Than Movies. I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. Today we weigh in on the Nets' latest debate and chat about the letter L. And we have more series survival results and talk about the new freeform show, Siren. It's time for Categorized. Categorized is back, and we are on with the letter L this time. This is that segment where we give our five absolute favorite movies that start with the letter of the day, and this time it's L. Ivana, what is your one of one of your five favorite movies starting with the letter L? I'm just gonna start by saying the letter L is a gold mine of movies. I had so many I had to whittle down. Sometimes all I have is five. One time, all I watched was five. <laughs> <laughs> but the ed- I, I appear to like movies that start with the letter L. So this one was a toughie for me. Um, so first on my list is a classic, and it is Lord of War. With Nicolas Cage? Yeah, with Nicolas Cage. I think it came out... In the early 2000s, or in the in the 2000s anyway. I never saw this movie. Oh, I think I've seen it like three to four times, which as really? you know is, yeah, it's awesome. Okay, what's awesome about it? Well, I think that Nicolas Cage movies are this interesting thing where they can be awful or they can be amazing. And he is perfect for it. Like the casting is sublime. I don't think that anyone else could have played the character better than him. And he's a a warlord? He's an arms dealer. Okay. He's Tony Stark. Kind of, except for that he like well, I guess yeah, he he but it's just guns. It's not like fake tech. Oh, so it's not like missiles or anything. I don't remember because it's been a while since I've seen it, the specifics of what it is that he is um, selling. But essentially, he's a man with a dream who wants to provide for him and his wife. And he finds himself getting um, into the arms race and he illegally sells guns. So it's probably, I mean, in terms of concept, um, it's kind of similar to War Dogs. If I was pitching War Dogs to be sold as a film, I would say Wolf of Wall Street meets Lord of War. So that kind of gives you a little bit of what this movie is about. This movie has a very particular uh, political stance in that it is talking about whether or illegal gun trade, what that does to society, what that does to this character. Um, A lot of the structure and feel of the movie is similar to those war sort of drug lord movies. So it's a man who starts with nothing, he makes it all the way to the top, and then you watch watch him crash and burn. Okay. Uh, I'll add it to my list. I think people have recommended it to me before, and I've just never gotten around to it. Nicolas Cage movies are usually like the last things I, re- I visit, So, but I will, uh, I'll add it to the list. I'll check it out. Awesome. All What's right. yours? My first movie that I'm going to talk about is Locke. I don't think I know Locke. Okay. Locke is a Tom Hardy movie where he is essentially the only person in the film. It is an hour and a half real-time kind of movie where he is driving in his car. And the whole movie takes place on his cell phone and the phone calls that he's making to his wife and his kids 
and his business partners. And it is. Does the, he mumble? In this movie, no. <laughs> what? You can actually understand the words coming out of his mouth? And it's very important that you understand the words coming out of his mouth because that drives the story. It's literally him just driving in his car. Nothing happens wow. except the conversations that are on the phone. And I'm not going to say anything more than that. I know it sounds like a really strange premise and a setup, but it's one of the most gripping thrillers that I've ever seen in my life. I have to say, I, I'm looking at set stills or, or stills from the film on IMDb, on IMDb right now, and I like the lighting. I like the shots that are chosen. It plays a lot with cityscape, and I think that's pretty cool. Yes, it's all uh, it's all on one drive from, I believe, the city to the country, and not a lot to work with visually, but... It's fantastic. That's I can't say anymore. I can't say anymore. Just watch Locke. All right. Well, my next one is one that I saw this year. And my guess is, Jay, you haven't gotten around to it yet. Oh, I'm sure I haven't. This it year? Is this year, yeah. Uh, it's Love, Simon. No, I haven't got around to it yet. No. Love, Simon is just a breath of fresh air. Um, it's absolutely a film um, that centers around people who are born into a life of upper middle class privilege. So I'm not going to pretend that it's more than that, but it's a really truthful and honest look of what it's like to be a teenager um, who is homosexual growing up in that sort of privileged lifestyle. And also in the, you know, mid 2000 teens, because theoretically it shouldn't be an issue. It shouldn't be a thing to come out, but does the it world take place today or does it take place in the early 2000s? When does it no, take it takes, place? It takes place today. Okay. Well, or 2017 or 2016, but okay. whenever it was filmed. It's an indie, so it may have t- taken a little longer to get out to the world. Right. But it's it's definitely the mid-teens, I would say. And it's really fun and interesting and honest. And I think it's starting a new age of teen movie. I think where... A lot of teen movies recently have gotten it wrong. This movie gets it right. What uh, what would you compare it to? Like Anton Yelchin movies that we love. Or um, Perks of Being a Wallflower, but different. Got it. But it has that sort of vibe. Uh, Edge of Seventeen tried to do what this movie is doing, but it created a horrible main character where here we love Simon. He's great. We really fall for him. And so when he makes mistakes, it's okay. And we're on his side and we're there for the ride. I ha- you had me all the way until you said Edge of, tw- Edge of 17 because I, I love that film. I think that film's fantastic. So uh, I will watch Love, Simon probably pretty soon because I think it's coming to DVD soon. Uh, What's your next one? Let's talk about Lethal Weapon 2. Wait a minute. Not Lethal Weapon 1? Not Lethal Weapon 1. I am of the mind that the best Lethal Weapon movie is the sequel. Wow. This is where we get the South African diplomat who is all for apartheid. He's basically this Nazi white supremacist. And you get Riggs 
and Murtaugh going up against this racist son of a bitch. It's the first time we meet Leo Getz. It's we, we get to witness uh, Riggs fall in love and then have that stripped from him in this blaze of of oh my god, it's so gut wrenching when you when you see uh, Riggs. He's there with his new girl and she dies because these guys are trying to get Riggs and. He basically goes full lethal weapon at that point. Like whatever you saw in the first lethal weapon is nothing compared to the rage that he has after they try to kill him. He isn't dead. And now he's he's basically going to tear down a house to kill this one guy. It's amazing. But it plays also with the layer of this guy has diplomatic immunity. You can't touch him. He's a scumbag. You might hate him, but you can't do anything about it. And I think that adds an extra layer of like corruptness that that the team has to overcome. Interesting. All right. I mean, I have seen the television show Lethal Weapon. I have not seen the original movie, um, let alone the sequel. I have to say I read um, about the writing of the original Lethal Weapon and the lore of that makes me want to see the first one more. Did you like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Have you seen? I still need to see Kiss, it. Kiss, Bang, I still Bang? need to see it. Did you like the Nice Guys? Yes. Okay, so the writer director of the Nice Guys, he wrote the script for Lethal Weapon. Okay. Just so All you, right. you give you some context. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. What else you got? My next one is I want to say like early 2010s, maybe uh, Limitless. Limitless is on your list. I am shocked that Limitless, because I know you like the show. I never watched the show. You never. Okay, somebody I, have I not know seen liked it. the show, and I'm confusing myself right now. Why do you like the movie Limitless? Oh my gosh, do you not? No, I I was like, this is ridiculous. I loved this movie. I I the concept was really fun. Bradley Cooper carried the film. I just enjoyed the ride that I was on and I liked the thought experiment that was taking these pills. Um, you know, it's not an Oscar winning movie, but I do think it's really well written, really well performed, really well put together. Fair. There are certain scenes in that that, you know, I'll give you this. The idea is very satisfying. If you could pop a yeah. pill and become everything you ever needed or wanted to be. And this pill would make that happen. Very satisfying, very cool idea. And not only for, that, for but it, I just it, don't think it executes as well. It's one of those wish fulfillment tales where things don't, you get your wish, but it's not how you wanted it to be. And I really like those stories. I think it's fun to explore that. I, that is that is fair. And that is your list. I will be shocked if it makes it as the number one of your list. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, okay, I'll give you that. Um... All right, well, let's talk about the elephant in the room. We haven't talked about it yet. You know it's on my list, and that is The Lord of the Rings. And I mm. and I can't say The Two Towers or Fellowship or whatever. I, because when I, as you know, Ivana, when I sit down to watch The Lord of the Rings, I'm not like, oh, I'm going to sit down and watch The Fellow. No, I watch the whole thing, extended editions, 14 hours later. I'll see you in a weekend. <laughs> So the Lord of the Rings as a whole is absolutely epic. I love it. 
Yeah, Lord of the Rings is definitely in my top five L movies. I mean, I get it. A lot of the world love these movies. I, I, but I, what I don't get is just they're so freaking boring. But okay. <laughs> I don't understand why you think they're boring. They're so boring. It's like you walk around. The character development is not there. You're just introducing lots of characters. You're the world is created at the expense of like getting behind characters to me. Um, and then the battles. Oh my god, I feel like they last for hours. I'm so bored. I don't want to watch them at all. Like at all. If I win series survival, I think I know what I want for my prize. <laughs> I want to sit down with Ivana and watch the trilogy. Ugh, just In like their kill extended me. editions. Oh my god, that's probably like <laughs> 80 minute fight scenes. <laughs> You and Becky both. Becky fell asleep on a first date while she went to see Fellowship of the Ring. I went, I, I did once with an ex-boyfriend. We were watching, not Fellowship of the Ring or any of the Lord of the Rings. He he really liked the Godfather movies. So we tried to watch that. I just fell asleep. You fell just asleep like, during the Godfather? Bam. And then the I, Godfather Bird 2? Yeah, like we tried to watch them a couple times and I couldn't get in through more than 20 minutes without passing out. All right, let's move on from this <laughs> and go to your next pick on your list. The next one on my list we've talked about recently, and it is Let the Right One In. Ooh, I might want to change one. Well, you can pick from anybody's list, so... I know, but... Okay, go ahead. That we, We've talked about it recently. I think we talked about it in two episodes ago or one episode ago. We talked about books that were the movies were better than the books yes uh, and this and I, is I definitely one was on my list for that as well it was yeah and well like let the right one in it's just it's a fantastic movie it's heartfelt you're into the characters that last death scene is a visual masterpiece if you haven't seen like the subtitled version i mean i'm not gonna lie i haven't seen the english version but I have to say, it's worth it. Check it out. It's so great. Uh, I just realized we've done back-to-back episodes with these movies, so we don't have to get into it. But I, I agree. Let the Right One In is fantastic. I'm so glad that's on your list. I didn't even think about it. Uh, let's go on to L.A. Confidential. Never seen it. So L.A. Confidential is probably top ten movies I've I've ever seen. Uh, it was. It didn't get as much love at the Oscars as it probably should have because it was up against Titanic and nothing was topping Titanic that year. Uh, but L.A. Confidential is what is it? Is it it's like a, a an action movie, mystery kind of movie uh, okay. about a corrupt police force in the fifties, and wow. it stars Russell Crowe, Kevin Spacey, James Cromwell, uh, Guy Pearce. Uh, Danny DeVito's in it. There's a lot of people in this movie. And it's about Los Angeles and Hollywood and the corruption of the L.A. police department. And it is amazing. The whole thing centers around this this one, this one mass murder that happens in a restaurant. And it's about the, guy, the detective who's trying to find the killer for that uh, particular case. But ultimately, it's about him against the rest of the department. And there's twists and there's turns and there's a great love interest in Kim Bassinger. 
Basinger, Bassinger, whatever her name is. I don't. It's that I person. don't know how to say her name. Yeah, it's that, that person. person. Vicky Vale. <laughs> it's Vicky Vale, and she wears a very gorgeous I, Veronica Lake outfit because she's a prostitute who's supposed to look like. What's a movie Veronica star. Lake? I think that's her name. Veronica Lake was a like classic movie star. Oh, okay. I think you know what. I'm going to get some email that's going to be like, you're wrong. It was actually this. But you know what? That's okay. That's totally fine. I probably messed it up. But that's what um, – it's a, it's a prostitute company who all the escorts are cut to look like Hollywood actresses. Oh, you know so, what? There is a Veronica Lake from like the 1930s. Booyah. And, and she kind of looks like Kim Basinger actually and – my friend Melissa, shocking and oh. kind of cool. It's a, it's an interesting story. Uh, we I think we watched it for Movie Club, but you weren't at that one because it was at the Maddie, and I remember you not being there. Um, but it just reinvigorated my love for this. I knew the second we were doing L, it was going to be on my list. I don't know if it'll top my list, but it had to be on there. What's your next one? My next one and my last one is... Lars and the Real Girl. Yeah, it didn't make my list. It's 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 one of those independent films that did not reach me at all. It completely like I remember I saw it in theaters. I was just enthralled. The Ryan Gosling's performance in this movie is amazing. My friend Lauren Ash is in it, and it's just one of those films that for me, really spoke to that time. That was around the time that Juno had come out and Little Miss Sunshine and those kinds of dramedies that are a little bit more funny than they are dramatic, I think are just so much fun and we don't make enough of them and it's exactly small enough that I love it so much. So for me, that is absolutely, absolutely on my list. I don't I don't see it, but I respect that you do and that it's on your list. I mean, obviously we... We definitely have always come back to having different tastes in these kind of films. Mm-hmm. I think it was it was too quirky, maybe for me. I, I appreciate you bringing it onto the list. Uh, my last one is a Steve Martin film. It's another L.A. It's a L.A. Story this time, nineteen ninety one. Have you ever seen L.A. Story? Never even heard of it. Steve Martin plays a meteorologist living in L.A. Uh, as a weatherman, he gets no respect. He's, it's kind of a means to an end kind of job. It's not something he takes very seriously. Uh, but it's the relationships that he has with his friends in Los Angeles. And ultimately, it's a love story when he meets the right girl at the wrong time. He's with Sarah Jessica Parker at the time, uh, who is super young and excitable. And he thinks, yeah, this is L.A. I get to... I get to be with a younger woman and he cannot keep up <laughs> and he meets this woman. Yeah. It's, it's a really cute story, but ultimately it's a lot of vignettes about what Los Angeles was at the time. There's this great vignette where he goes to the ATM, turns around and someone mugs him and it's like, hi, I'm Mike. I'm going to be mugging you today. Oh, hi Mike. Here you go. <laughs> these, these things that at the time were really popular to LA culture 
you know, trying to get a reservation at a popular restaurant is like six months in the waiting, maybe a couple of years. You got to put a deposit down on like a mortgage payment. It's a lot of vignettes that are really, really clever to describe the time. And I think it does a really great job. And it's got a little bit of a fantasy aspect as well because there's a talking sign that that he he runs into at one point that guides him on his way. Fascinating. It seems like a really good piece of like 90s, just 90s-ness. Very good piece of 90s-ish. And it was written by Steve Martin. Um, oh, it was written by him. Oh, yeah. And it was a small film. It wasn't a film that like... Did amazing. I think the reception was quite good. It has a... Uh, I th- what does it have on Rotten Tomatoes? Let's see. Whoa. Holy shit. Okay, it's got a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. But again, Rotten Tomatoes, like the concept of 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, it just means that 94% of reviewers gave it a favorable review. It doesn't indicate whether their favorable review was like mildly favorable or they loved it a lot. So I find that tomato meter a very misleading number because it doesn't really give you what people actually think of this film. So overall rating, average rating out for that 94% was a 7.5. Okay, fair. Not bad out of 10. Yeah, not bad. So yeah, so LA Story is the last one on on my list. Well... What's going to be your number one choice? I've got it. What about you? Well. Let's hear you hum and haw for a minute. Hi, I'm always going to hum and haw. For me, there are, are probably three that are in contention for being at the top. Is Limitless um, one of those three? No. Well, that's good. Good news for Limitless. <laughs> uh, they are Love, Simon, um, which I think is ch- like... The same thing that Clueless did for 90s teen comedies, I think Love, Simon is going to do for current teen comedies or teen movies. Um, Lord of War, which is just fantastic. I love the exploration of morality in this movie. Uh, And Let the Right One In, which is just one of those movies that blew me away from the moment that I saw it in the movie theater and still, I can picture in my mind that final scene. So those are those are my three. I don't really know. But there can only be pick. one. How do I do this, Jay? How do I do this? Okay, what's yours? Can you say yours while yeah, I'm Yeah, mine is going to be L.A. Confidential. Wow, that quick, huh? Yeah, L.A. Confidential is going to be my number one L movie. Let the Right One In was going to be second, I think. I just... I forgot that about that movie. I went through my movies and I don't have it. So it, it was something that I just kind of over, over, I just missed it. I'm, I'm down to love Simon versus let the right one in. I've taken Lord of War out of play, although I loved it. And although I've seen it many times, it's been a while since I've thought of the movie. Um, So I don't think it has the staying power. Like, Let the Right One In, I still think about all the time. Love, Simon, I really think is going to change and create sort of a new wave of films for teens. See, when you say Uh, that, it makes me want to, like, run out and see it to understand what you're talking about. I know. You are going to have to see it. Okay, I'm going with Let the Right One In because horrors are freaking awesome. And this is... Like the epitome of elevation of that genre. So 
let the right one in. That's my choice. And so this is only your second horror on your list as well. Yeah, because they're not all like caliber of being the best of their letter, you know? Well, I mean, you have Evil Dead 2, which I know you'd argue is more comedy than horror, but I, I, I still put it in the horror category. So let the right one in and Evil Dead 2 are your horror movies. I only have one as well. I only have Halloween on my list. Mm. Whereas, see, yeah, Halloween, maybe I just saw it too late that I kind of like, I'm like, I don't get it. Yeah, I think, um, I think we can't go back to nostalgia stuff anymore. Anymore. So while we take a little break, uh, Jay, I don't remember if I talked to you that day, but I did a 24-hour fast a couple days ago. Well, this is very interesting that you bring it up today because today is the first day of Ramadan. Oh, hey. Yeah, Look when we're recording, that. it is the first day of Ramadan. The, uh, is it Islam yeah, or it Muslims is, yeah. or is it? What, what is it? it? Well, if you are a Muslim, you be, you belong to the Islamic faith. So, yeah. Right. So Both are correct. You are correct. <laughs> so Muslims today <laughs> start their fasting for one month. And yeah. it's a very holy time for them. So tell us about your experience fasting. I'm actually really happy that it kind of was near the time. I have to say, fasting is awesome. I wanted to see what it would be like. Um, I had read an interesting MIT article and I was like, hey, let's try it. Um, and I drank tons of water. Yep. Tons all over the day. But it was great. Uh, there was about three to four hours where I was hungry, uh, but I was also busy, which was great. And so I w- it wasn't really too distracting or anything. Once you get over that hungry period, my goodness, it is the best. So I'm sure not everyone is going to have the same physical experience I did, but I had so much energy. I had, I was euphoric. It was, all, it was like I was on drugs. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Wow. It was like what? I was on drugs. I I in, couldn't in sit what still. Way? Like you like you couldn't sit still. So yeah, I couldn't time sit focusing. still. I was constantly moving. At some point, I was sitting for a while, just like doing emails and whatnot. And then I I was like, I need to do something. So I just did squats for twenty minutes wow. or ten minutes. And then I would I sat back down and I'm like fidgeting and I was just like so energetic and euphoric and I felt like I had a lot of energy to focus on things so it was really interesting it definitely I was my body was going through something but it felt great like I honestly think I could fast once a month just because I liked the feeling of fasting so much and did you did you have to pee like all the time with all the water you were drinking no not any, like maybe a little bit more than normal, but I drink a lot of water normally anyway. Okay. Interesting. I you definitely know what? recommend starting this. at night. I'm going to try this. So what time did you start at night? Um. Well, just I had had a, a late dinner that night. So after dinner. Give me a time frame. I don't, that so, means nothing to me because Like 10 p.m. Okay. 10 p.m. 10 p.m. Okay. That's easy enough for me. And then I did not eat again till 1130 p.m. Because I was out and not hungry. Okay, so keeping busy is important. Uh, you know, I think it was just a few friends asked me if I wanted to go out for drinks. I had a soda water while they had food and drinks. And I okay. just jibber-jabbered like a cocaine addict the whole time. Fantastic. I'm going to try this. Uh, when should I try this? This is... 
Should think of a time where I can just kind of come home. All right. I'm going to try this next week. I can't wait. You're going to have to update us on the I podcast. Will. I will update you. In my day, we just called them their interwebs, the paper. This week, it is time to explore a new blue dress, gold dress type debate phenomenon that's going on the internet. Yes, these things are absolutely silly, but people really get engaged. And so we are joining this conversation. And just so you know, this will make it through a weekend. So it's in the height when we're recording this. It's like trending crazy, different videos on YouTube, trend, trend, trend on this topic. So, you know, we're we're not really behind the eight ball if this is lame to you on Monday or Tuesday, whenever this comes out. <laughs> so this is a video of what sounds to me like almost a computer generated voice. What do you think, Jay? Well, it's actually it's actually a voice. It's a oh, it's a it's a human. It is a human voice who reads out definitions as part of a job, and he has to be clear and you know, kind of. I guess he's robotic when he talks. Yeah, I thought it was a computer that said it. No, it's an actual guy, and he. Uh, well, we'll we'll say what he actually is saying after we. Take our stab. Um, so he says something, and the internet is a flame. Laurel. 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 Some people hear Yanni. Some people hear Laurel. Um, Jay, what did you hear? I heard Laurel, loud and clear. Funny. Uh, I heard Lori. Really? So none so of the got, above. You got half of it. It was like, no Yanni. It was like... Lori. Lori. But then, because the video that we're going to link in our show notes also has text that explains it. Like the video is like, do you hear this or that? So once the text started prompting me to hear stuff, I it changed to um, Yori. Yori. So instead of Lori, it turned to Yori. But honestly, truly, wow. I, I heard Lori. But it's hard. Like I almost... I may even change the video that we link to because when you're watching the words while you're listening to the sound, it it is impossible not to be influenced. My first thing that I heard was Lori, and that was before I started looking at the video, and then I started to pay attention to the video, and the text changed what I heard. Wow, that is interesting. The But I still didn't hear anything that anyone else is hearing. <laughs> the massive Twitterverse has 47% hearing Yanny and 53% hearing Laurel. So you are an anomaly. Do you think it's, your, it's Yanny instead? Because Yanny is so like different from Law. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it's, it's Yanny. They're hearing Yanny. Wow. Yanny, yeah. Apparently, the sound wave actually, like, when you look at it visually, they look very similar. Hmm. It, honestly, I've heard both. Our dear friend Christina, who watches, who listens to the show, she hears uh, Laurel, but she told me her husband hears Yanny. And uh, so, so what is it? What's the real answer? The man reads definitions for a living, and I thought, Yanny is not a word. He's a beautifully <laughs> right. talented recording artist, That's but right. not a word you would define. <laughs> but 
But Wait, Laurel is a word. Yeah, I guess. Oh, I was thinking Laurel as a name as well. But Laurel is like sit on your laurels. Yeah, exactly. But I think that's spelled differently. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It is supposed to be Laurel. I get it right because I'm old, apparently. Apparently, younger ears, younger ears pick up frequencies differently. And younger people are hearing Yanny. And I'm hearing something totally different. So I don't know what that means. You're going through your age. You're going through puberty again. Um, so like, what's the deal here? Because to me, I'm more interested to find out why does this matter? Like, I remember when you sent me this link and you're like, we got to talk about this today. And I'm like, what? Why are we talking? Like, yes, of course we have to talk about it. But why the fuck does it matter? Like, who cares? I think it's just interesting that, you know, it doesn't matter. And yet half of the world here's one thing and the other half here here's another it is a great metaphor for the divide in people suddenly it's it's something light it's not political everybody can have an opinion on it and it's not and so people i think are really like wanting a little bit of a breath of fresh air from this world we're living in right now <laughs> exactly series survival It's another week of series survival. We've got three more shows that were either chopped or not from the schedule. And let me tell you, I don't know if you guys follow TV very well or at all. It was one hell of a last week. Like so many shows were axed. So many shows were renewed. It was nuts. But I think more got chopped than I'd ever seen before uh, in my, you know, all the both years I've worked in television. So it, it really, yeah, this is the biggest cut I've ever, I've ever seen. Wow. I can they say that really... saying I've only worked in TV for two years, but this is still the biggest cut I've ever seen. Actually, a lot of people who have worked much longer said to me, this is not normal. Interesting. I mean, I think it's fascinating. A few of the cuts, and I'm not talking about shows that um, we have sort of gotten into, but or, or talked about in series survival. But like longstanding shows, I'm really sad about Brooklyn Nine Nine because I think that's a great show. And you know what? The ratings are in that area where it really easily could have been renewed. Like, you know what I mean? Well, you don't have to worry too much. Obviously, you haven't been on Twitter. Brooklyn Nine-Nine was saved by NBC. Yes! And you know what? Brooklyn Nine-Nine is an NBC kind of series. All right. Our first show is one that I I have to say I absolutely loved. I watched it all the way to the season finale. The season finale was so much better than The Good Doctor. And that is The Resident. I have... No interest. Like, no interest. You didn't interest. even watch the first episode. No. Wow. You didn't watch a first episode of a show. Yeah, but it's a procedural, and I'm not that into procedurals. It is not a procedural. Okay, it's not, but it's it's like a, it's like a how to get away with murder type drama, which is also not my kind of show. All right, fair enough. There is definitely a through story all the way through it. There's definitely major consequences that happen episode to episode, and there's also new characters added through the season. Who is the guy? Is that main guy that we saw in the trailer as big of a douchebag and as big of a lead of the show? 
as it led us to believe? Uh, no, the pilot, it, it sort of ends his douchebaggery a little bit early. And then he just kind of becomes friends with everyone. Ugh. I don't even, that even upsets me more. Just yeah. the idea of it. I, I really liked it. It, it. It's all about what the pilot doesn't show you or the trailer doesn't show you is that the whole show is about showing you the truth behind the hospital industry. And it's shocking to me. And it's also uh, heartbreaking a little bit. And it's about these people who are sort of trying to change it from the inside. So why do they set him up to be some evil bad guy if it if the real premise of the show is about finding a way to treat people rather than just exploit humans for money? He is sort of wild, wild west cowboy of this renaissance. He doesn't know if anybody's going to go. He doesn't know if new people are going to fall in line and fall in line with what like what does he stand for because he it stands seemed for like he medicine stand- at every cost okay and but then why the do they make him seem like a douchebag because because he doesn't come off that way in the in the trailer and it completely turned me off of the show because he he literally tells his new resident you just have more to unlearn because what you think you're going to do here is not what you're going to do here. And he coerces him onto, we have to do things in secret. If we want to actually help people, we cannot let the administration know that we're always doing what we're doing. But then why is he an ass? Like, why can't he, why can't we like him? Or because why can't he be like everybody is against him. So what if everyone is against him? We all know that sometimes people will do everything to save someone and you like them. You do like him. why do they make him him so unlikable? You don't unlike the man. You do like him. I just wanted to punch him from that trailer. I think you need to watch it. Anyways, we both said it was going to get canceled because we both thought he'd be unlikable. I watched the show and he's not. You did not watch the show. But... To my excitement, it got a second season. And we both got zero points. <laughs> we both got zero points. But I'm really glad that it got a second season. I'm really excited. What's our next show? Uh, our next show is a CW show, yet another military drama. This one is aimed at a younger crowd, uh, and it is called Valor. Oh, right. You see, I saw another military show in a year of Three to four military shows, and I was out. Push came to shove. I didn't watch it. You didn't watch it. Apparently, no nope. one else watched it. Partly because I think the CW is the wrong network. The demographic that watches the CW is not interested in this show. Agreed. The people, the people who would have liked it, maybe would have liked it from another channel. But it wasn't on another channel, so it got canceled. It got canceled. So we both got a point there. We both got a point. So, so so far today, this episode, we're we're tying. We're tying a lot. Yeah, yeah. And then our last show is Damnation. It was on the USA Network. It's a drama, and I don't even remember a thing about this show. I rem, I like mildly remember. I think this one is kind of like a western, and it oh, had. Yeah. A totally male cast, and it just looked super sexist, and I just didn't feel like watching it. I never even tried. We both said canceled, and it was canceled. 
I am so happy it was canceled because I feel like that show, from memory, had like zero representation. Just white men. White men in the Western. Well, I got to say, like, that's that's a pretty good showing for us. We both tied with two extra points on the board. Yeah, actually, that is not bad. It, it's true that it. I, I need it because I'm behind and you you're are ahead. You're behind. Yeah. Seven to five. I, I'm, I'm really upset about this. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, all I needed was one year. One year of losing in the dirt and that gave me the strength to come out of the ashes and be like, you know what? This year is mine. Okay, technically two years. Just technically because we used to do a different podcast. We, and, there was no other podcast. And that, and in that podcast, it. I won and you lost. So two years in a row I won. I'm not just, I'm, I'm going to just hold on to those wins because I am losing right now. And I need you to lose two predictions and I need me to win two predictions. That needs to happen. This is a new podcast. You're never going to win again. I still won last year. At at minimum, you'd be tying me if, if you won this year, which is still to be determined. We'll see how it turns out. This is Top Drawer TV. We watched Siren, which is a it's a new show from Freeform that came out this year. It just got renewed for a second season. And since watching The Lure, you know, a deadly mermaid show is just what this world needed. Uh, but there's got to be more to it than that. So one night, a fishing crew pulls in a haul. And as it turns out, they pull in something large and unexpected into their boat. Dismissing it as a shark, the thing quickly and violently attacks one of the crew members. Almost immediately after calling for help, a SEAL team drops on the boat and takes both the crew member and the mysterious creature. After this, no one hears from the crew member again for weeks. All of a sudden, a strange new visitor starts prowling the streets of Bristol Cove, a sleepy little town known as the Mermaid Capital of the World. She goes by Rin, and she's looking for someone. She tries to ask the locals, but after she has to murder one for being a complete asshole rapist, she meets two people willing to help, Ben and Maddie, a pair of marine biologists. While trying to find the answers for the weird girl, her skin starts to scar up, and to the dismay of Ben, she jumps into the water. Thinking that she could drown in the ocean, he dives in after her. And what he sees changes everything. Rin's legs form together painfully into a tail, her back grows scales, and her teeth are now razor sharp. Rin attacks Ben underwater immediately. He manages to escape the water and patch up his wounds, knowing the truth. Mermaids really do exist. And that is pretty much the... uh, the beginning of this chapter, the beginning of the story. Um, yes. There is a side plot of where this crew member is at, but really for the pilot, you're just starting to get to know these characters in Bristol Cove. Maddie and Ben, they're together. They're a couple. I Honestly, the two of them are adorable. Maddie is adorable. I'm a little bit sad for when he's going to fall in love with Rin because that's obviously going to happen. I I hope it doesn't happen. Um how do I say this? I have seen every single episode of this show. Well, I know because I looked at some pictures that the two girls kiss, but that doesn't mean anything. So, do you, can I explain? 
Yeah. So you know how she does that siren to Ben? Yeah. That song? Anyone a mermaid does that song for and that they hear, instantly attracted. Inst- it's like it's like the episode like of the Orville call. where, where yeah. the guy has pheromones, but he's like, yeah. I don't know. I just have pheromones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so after they do the song, so both Ben and Maddie at points are drawn to her. Oh, interesting. So Maddie also hears the song at some point. That's right. So it's... It's interesting, but uh, later on, I'm sure there will be a storyline where Ben gets with Rin. I, I've seen every episode, and I still do not want it to happen. I, d- I don't want it to happen either. Um, what did you think about the show? I mean, you've seen every episode, so I feel like you like it. I am liking it. I'm enjoying watching it. I think it's a, it's a cool take because the mermaids can only be on land for so long, then they have to get back in the water. And the process is extremely painful for them. Um, How do you know that? Cause I didn't catch that from the pilot. Sorry. I, I threw it in, in a couple episodes, you find out that like, it's really painful. Is that from the lady who knows everything about mermaids? Uh, and Rin herself. Oh, cause Rin starts to speak more. Yeah. She starts to speak a lot more. Okay, good, because the silent thing wasn't really working for me. Totally. There is a huge development for Rin. Uh, and there are really uncomfortable moments with Rin and Ben and Maddie. Like, there's a lot of uncomfortable with, with her just being there. Um, I, I will say this. The pilot ends with, like, an insane, like, cliffhanger. It felt a little bit like I was watching True Blood. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. You would have had to wait a week with that ending. I think I would have died. Like, yeah, it's it's got this great ending of uh, a Ben on the fishing boat, and they're they're looking to kill her. Yeah, well, so he, what we didn't really explain in our synopsis is that the people who pulled in the mermaid are friends with Ben, and they tell him it's a mermaid. He laughs at them essentially um, until he himself discovers. Like at some point, they're like, "What will it take you for you to believe?" And he says, "Seeing it." Yeah. And it's so funny because we end, of course, with him seeing it. That's um, right. And then he goes immediately onto that boat. They see her again. And the the his friends, the fishing men, um, want to kill her. And he saves her life. I think the thing I like about this show is that she is very dangerous. Yeah, I, I like that about the show. I like that she's dangerous. Um, it's funny... I did watch, like, I immediately put on the second episode just to see what happens. Yes. Um, because when he stops the murder, he ends up in the water, and we know... When he's in the when water, he's in the he water, could die. He's prey. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter what relationship they have on land. When he is in the water, he is prey. And even though you know he's not going to die, you need to see why and how it happens. Um, I don't love the show, but I am definitely going to keep watching the show. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's not the greatest show of the year or anything like that. I just, it sucked me in really hard. I think Bristol Cove's a really cool setting, like this this coastal town. Um, there's a great shot in the first episode where you think the mermaid's going to attack this kid. And a Mako shark head pops out of the water. But it's been basically like a shark eat, cut in two. Yeah, it's a shark that was eaten by a mermaid because they eat sharks. Because they eat sharks. It was a great reveal of this. Like, the power of these creatures. Siren, uh, out of... I'm going to give it a three stars out of five. 
What are you going to give it? Yeah, I would say it's like somewhere between a two and a half to a three. It lives in that world. Maybe totally I need to fair. watch a few more episodes to get really, to get more into it. It's interesting because the, I will say this, like three episodes in, it kind of ends where a season would end. And then it's like a one month later scenario. It's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Next week, we're going to watch a movie that Ivana has yet to see, but she absolutely needs to. And that is Keanu Reeves's John Wick. Uh, I have th- been wanting to watch this movie for so long. So I need some homework to get it done. And it's really interesting because Ivana's not a huge action movie person. And this is a very practical effect action film. Okay. Let's be clear here. I love action movies. I just don't like the action in action movies. Well, I'm I'm going to dare you to watch the action in this movie and not have it get you pumped. You know, Deadpool did it for me. It does happen so much. Golden Circle, too. It, it depends on how they do it. All right. Perfect. So that will be John Wick next week. And that's our show. Thanks for listening and be sure to tune in again next week. If you'd like to support the show, you can hop onto your podcast service, subscribe, and if you're really feeling generous, all you have to do is give us a quick rating and review. Our intro song comes to us from bensound.com and we encourage you to check out our show notes for more information about our music, our talented voice actors, and sound effects. Jay and I love to hear from you, and we actually built this website so that you could reach us. It's morethanmovies.net. But in case you hate websites, you can email us at hello at morethanmovies.net. Or you can find us on Facebook slash morethanmoviespodcast. Or catch either one of us on Twitter directly. I'm at Jester J. I'm at It's Ivana. Thanks again for spending some time with us. We'll be back again next week with an all-new commercial-free episode. And until next time, friends, do more and watch more.